Evening all. Sponsoring us again today are Westway Nissan, the largest Nissan dealership in the UK. I said it in the last show and the show before. Don't forget, if you're a veteran, if you're a service person still in, service man, service lady, RAF, Navy, uh, British Army, you can get up to 20% off their vehicles. Okay, that is uh, that's a, that's a, that's a whopping discount. I say it's whopping because it is flipping whopping. If you're buying a 10 grand car, for example, you're getting 2k off, potentially 2k off, which is which is, <laughs> you can't argue with that. There's 2,000 pounds worth more beer tokens. Um, they've got new and used vehicles for sale. Uh, they've got private stuff. They've got commercial models. So if you're looking for stuff for your business, they can help you out as well. Or if you want yeah, a nice new car for yourself or your family, you can get one from them. They've got branches all over the UK, uh, up north, down south, east, west. Uh, I'm not far from Birmingham at the minute where I record the show. And they've got two, they've got two places in Birmingham you can go and visit. Very, very nice indeed. They've even got a place down in the home of the British Army, down in Aldershot, down south. So get along to a branch and go and have a look at what they've got on show. If you're thinking about getting a new used car, you can save yourself a ton of cash with them. Um, and the discount, with a go, the discount, you can get a good deal going. They have recently had a promotion going on where you could uh, you could register online and you got um, you got some money off you went and bought a car. So look out on the, on their website, which is westwaynissan.co.uk, for the next promotions. They've always got them on, but even still, the twenty percent promotion is always there for ex-military. Get online, have a look at them. Really nice new models, all the stuff that West that uh, Nissan have to offer, I should say, not Westway. That Nissan have to offer. Westway have them. They even have their own exclusive models from Nissan, only available through Westway. Not only that, I said this before as well, and you don't get this from every company in the UK, you get it only from the best. If you're ex-military and looking for work, Westway are massive on recruiting you guys and girls into all sorts of roles, from technicians and sales through to service receptionists. If you're stuck for work or not sure where you want to go in Civvy Street, give Westway a call, they'll help you out. Westway Nissan, UK, Westway Nissan on social media, Bosch. Also sponsoring us today are 429 Group. 429 Group are UK-based, veteran-owned, and provide security, health and safety, and medical services in the UK or abroad where required. We can provide first aid equipment, health and safety consultancy, man security, or just security management assistance, advice, and guidance. Whatever you may need in those three spectrums, 429 can provide it. All the information is on the website. A very good company, very good reputation, and you can find them at 429 group also like to mention before we go on don't forget every month there is an organization called levers link who provide free networking events for service levers they provide those in those events in colchester and in norwich the colchester one was uh well it was tuesday the 18th for this month but the one in norwich is on tuesday the 25th these events happen in the evening. You can find the information on leverslink.co.uk or just put in Leavers Link on all the social media. They're all over it, right? Like I said, the events are free to go to if you're a service leaver. Even if you're still in, wondering what you want to do with your career, what you want to do with your life when you go, if you've already signed off or whatever, you can go along to these events. You'll meet other service leavers who maybe have been out and be successful or in a similar position to yourself. But you'll also meet inspirational and knowledgeable service leavers, but also civilians who are business owners and want to help you transition and quite often are looking for service leavers to employ. Get along to the events. They happen every month. The third and fourth Thursdays of the month, respectively. The next one is Tuesday 25th in Norwich. That's 25th of September, I should say. Um, Lastly, 
These shows would not be possible without the likes of my supporters from, or the show supporters, the show supporters, like Sean Connery, the show supporters, I should say. Um, and that is you guys and girls who are listening or watching, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and it's uh, also my Patreon supporters and my sponsors and people in the background who, who provide financial assistance with the show it's not free to do it's not cheap to do um and i try and keep it going and i will keep it going with the help of you guys all right the financial contributions that are made they don't just go to the production of the show i said it right back at the start when jared and i kicked this off i think is in the first shows is we will with the money that comes in to this and helps to produce with the residual left over we will try and put that towards charitable organisations or businesses or companies or anything that we feel or our guests feel is worthy of getting a little assistance. And we've been doing it as we go on. Um, you know, people like Jordan Wiley is running dangerously um, endeavours, running his mad, mad head off, doing marathons through Somalia and Afghan and Iraq to raise money for other charities. We've been able to put money towards that. We've been able to put money towards things like the 353 um, charity trust which uh, via a uh, via one of the guests actually we, we julian woodall came on not long ago and he went and did um he did a what did he do 10k or half marathon i think he did raising money for 353 trust and other, and other organizations and we were able to put money towards julian which was going to 353 and 353 is founded by the father of a, a, a um a veteran who was, who was killed in action i say a veteran a soldier as he was when he was killed and a, and a friend of mine um so this support we get from you not only helps us produce, keep producing the shows, it helps us help others. And that is really important to me. Um, Patreon's a, a big one with that. For those of you who aren't aware of Patreon, well, what Patreon is, it's like a bit of a, like a GoFundMe page, a bit a GoFundMe thing. But instead of making a one-off payment of like 20, 30 quid or whatever towards a one-off thing, you can say, um, well, I'm happy to give two quid a month i'll give you two quid a month just to help you go along almost two quid so you can go on to patreon.com forward slash h hour and uh and you can sign up for what you want but you get benefits from it so like um my, my patreon supporters or the show's patreon supporters they get access to this show 24 hours before everyone else and they access certain certain little giveaways and things like that just as a thank you because as a thank you because without them it would almost be impossible to continue doing this um so yeah Get on to patreon.com forward slash HR and have a look. Help me out or share the page. It'd be really good if you could and I can continue to have on amazing guests with amazing stories um, or guests who are just trying to do amazing things or struggling with things and just need help to get it out there. Um, and which leads me on to today's guest, which is Kate England. Um, Kate is, well, I won't go and talk about Kate. We talk about it on the show. Um, her husband, uh, has severe mental health issues. He's ex-military and there's certain things Kate's, Kate's trying to do to help prevent things like this in the future and, um, and move, and move forward and get our veterans in, in the UK in a better position. Enjoy the show. Kate England. live upstairs we live on youtube kate england you approached me for a reason 
Or you were referred to me for a reason. I was referred to you by a gentleman on Facebook. Um, he directed me because I had started a petition in regards to how veteran suicides are recorded in the UK. I saw that going around, but I didn't realise it was you until when you got in touch. Then I, then I, I stalked you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I saw it online that you started a petition. Um, go into more detail about the petition. It has got over the 10,000 signatures um, which the government have responded with a kind of non-generic um, normal answer, exactly what they're already saying. So nothing very controversial or helpful. Um, it's slowed down slightly because um, I'm a wife of quite an ill person and four children. So I find it hard to find time. But when I kind of put a lot of get on a lot of sites try and push it more um it tends to increase and go up but um yeah i am it's trying to get that out there it's really hard even within a social media environment that we are now it's momentum it's keep momentum yes. but but the petition what do you want what tell because assume that people don't i know what's in the petition obviously because okay. you're here um assume that i don't assume okay. that listeners and watchers don't so what do you want um at the moment, there is no specific um, recording of suicide and who that suicide affects. So, say, say like this weekend, we can give a hugely good example, a very sad example. But there was an incident this weekend involving a veteran. Now, that incident at the moment won't be recorded as a veteran, so it will go down as a normal well not a suicide isn't normal it's a it's a cry for help but um it will just be plain logged as suicide so at the moment any government figures that they they record back to ourselves as a public is done as research so small groups of people average amounts and then that taken into ratios in that way so it isn't a true figure so actually when they're doing these things, they're not giving true Pacific figures. In America and Canada, Australia, they used to do this sort of thing, but found they started to actually specifically record um, suicides in veterans and serving soldiers. I think recording serving suicides is a lot easier than um, recording um veteran suicide because there's, there's just a vast number of veterans within those country mm -hmm. and also within the country you in scotland you have a different system they don't have a coroner system it's completely separate different but again they don't record who that person is um whether that's a veteran or not but also if you step away from coroners and suicide well it's still including suicide say attempted suicide majority of the health trusts within the uk do not record whether that person within their mental health department um, being looked after by that mental health department is actually a veteran okay. so it's it is a it's a it's a long road but we need to start somewhere and this is how the government would say a cost effective because it is 
it's adding on to the system that's already placed. They're saying it's not not cost effective. Well, that's that maybe the suggestion why they're not doing it. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so by so with, with what you would like in the petition and other people would like, obviously there's there's thirteen and a half thousand signatures at the minute. Will you go on. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Oh, I was just going to say. Within the system, well, within social media at the moment, there's a lot of how do, don't want to say publicity because it's not publicity. It's it's an awful thing, but some suicides within veterans are being publicised in that way. So more public knowledge is there, but there is only so the families have got to be doing giving their permission to do that and saying that's okay, and. I can understand why some families wouldn't want to do it or wouldn't know how to do it or to get their voices heard. Um, I know there's a few ladies coming forward now in regards to husbands that have committed suicide. But, you know, this is at the moment, I think there was 33 suicides within a very short amount of time. (sighs) And you see it in the public and then you look at the government figures, you work it out over the year, and it's well above what they are statistically saying is. And at the moment, they are saying that is way below civilian population. And how can you tell if that's true or not? It's a it's a huge debate. From from, it, it's not a it, it shouldn't really be a debate. I, I I'm not saying I don't have the figures right. I'm not saying that I'm just moving this way. If you, as you relax, you can, and sit, if you want to sit back, whatever, you can, this will move, you can move it. Yes, it, yes, it, that's it. And it turns as well, like crazy. That's it. So you, as you chill out, put, there you go, amazing. You're back <laughs> on the couch. Um, where was it going? What was it saying? There's a, there's a, Sorry, so your petition wants the government or coroners to make it to to make it uh standard to record that if when a suicide occurs that if that person was ex service personnel or not yes I, I would suggest that would be useful as well for high uh, high risk high risk careers jobs per, poli- or high stress police fire persons i'm just i'm not saying no, I'm just it's because it's, if you it, there's a whole, that would be useful. A whole plethora. The the focus on veterans at the minute is, and you you hit the nail on the head with the the high suicide rates at the moment, and the and how that contrasts with what the UK government are saying is really the case in terms of statistics. It, the suggestion is from what you see, what I see in social media, and our military connections. Yes. Um. On on the suicide side of things, that is. People say epidemic, so it's strong. There's mm-hmm. it's a lot of it happening and and um and uh more than I've ever known. Yeah. Um uh I've had three now, three mates within the last year and a half, two years. Before that, none. None before that, you know? In la- three in the last two years. Uh well that's an increase. Um now what that's don't do, you can you can speculate, and people and people will be linking this to things like the Iraq conflict, Afghan, um, and when I was looking, I looked at the government's response yep. to, to the petition, looked at it, and, and it, it's lengthy, it and it's lots of and it, uh, this link and this report, this link, okay, all right, you, 
what they what I saw in it is they're referencing things that they they're not good reference points. So they're saying that uh, one of the figures is that the one of the things they're saying is that the percentage of um, suicides in military personnel, ex-military personnel, based on a study that was done by such and such, can't remember his name, um, in 2015, yes, um, indicates that actually the 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 suicide rate is below below. Okay, yeah. But as you pointed out, one of the things with this is they're not capturing all the information. They're not capturing all. It's it's incomplete data, right? Plus. Um, 2015 was three years ago, and when and how up to date was that information they had in 2015? That was probably inf- that study was done in 2015. The date was probably from two, three, four, five years before. The other two reference points they had was um, they there was a, there was there was a study done on veteran on on sorry on suicides after the Falklands War, and there was a study done on suicides after the Iraq War. Uh no, after the first Gulf War. So, yes, right now. Those are difficult. They, I'm not taking anything away from um, the people involved in those. They were fucking horrific, okay? Certain parts of, of the Gulf, certain parts of the Falklands, would, I, I wouldn't wish those on anyone. Like, horrendous, horrendous things, okay? My uncle was writing back to my mum saying he had done, what, 20-odd years in service, mm. got to warrant, warrant officer class one. Mm. I can't. I'm I'm putting in my years and then I'm leaving because he was on the front line Which, in a whole the, the first Gulf, the first Gulf, Gulf War. Yeah, yeah. yeah and just, it was it was enough. Yeah. I mean, he'd done Ireland. You know, yeah. he was with rifles because yeah. um, you know it's that long ago he started off in green jackets and amalgamated into rifles. Mm-hmm. But I think people nowadays, because I would say, I mean, I remember the, you know um, Af- Iraq mangously well. Because, you know, you had the night media. It was all on um, BBC News all through the night before you had lots of different channels mm. way before that. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then Afghan. Afghan became, it became very within the public eye. And I think people started to wait for the casualty lists on the on the BBC at six o'clock. Oh, yeah. Waiting for some, you know, it became that. Whereas before, I think with Gulf, the Gulf, and I know Iraq was, but I think Afghan were very meteorized. You know, it was seen to be always in the news and there was always a charity forefronting it. And I think that is something to do with social media, how it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, how far has that gone in such a short amount of time? No. I, but, yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Just to, just to clarify what I was saying with, with the reference points, you know, uh, Falklands War and the Iraq Gulf one. Um, the the my the, the different you can't re, you can't judge uh, you can't compare the impacts of the uh, of the Iraq campaign and when I say that I mean Iraq two thousand three to when did it go to two thousand eleven two thousand twelve to Gulf one year invasion of Iraq two different completely different types of conflict one went on for a long time but was on average probably less um less uh kinetic less hostile but went on for a longer period of time the other one was hard and fast in smash and grab so they impact different people in different ways and and by the very nature probably impact less the gulf one absolutely impacted less people in gulf 2 because there were just more people involved in gulf 2 you can't compare the afghan campaign Okay, which they yeah, which was um, had some f- fighting 
which conventional warfare type fighting, which they, there was comparisons we made at the Falklands. You can't compare the two. No. In, from a terms of mental health or whatever, or whatever impact you want to talk about on, um, on, on Joe Bloggs, RAF, Navy or, or, or Army, because they're two different types of conflict. They went on for years. People went out and did three, three, and in some cases four, some cases five tours of Afghan. Again, generally on a lower on average a lower sort of uh volatility level than what the Faulkner's was if you think like mount longdon or mount um oh god what was the other one oh i'm gonna kick myself with the scots one oh, i can't remember but those were you know a few yeah. hours of absolute hell. craziness yeah. hell yeah. absolute hell like what was long then? 12 hours long? All night. Crazy. I didn't ever do that. Like a 12 hour crazy mental battle like that in Afghan. I did a couple of hours, you know, uh, and never like that long. So you can't compare the two. You can't. Uh, it's, it's just a duration more because, because it, there's all sorts of off, off shoots of it. When there's more people involved in the campaign, then it's sort of more, it just gets treated differently amongst each other again with the media with civilians the way civilians does it with soldiers and airmen and and um and uh navy. sailors and navy, navy yeah, yeah. Sailors. you know it's what i'm saying is that where the government is saying well um the on in on gulf one and in the falklands well there wasn't a massive increase of suicide after so that means there hasn't been this time they're not good reference points no different and plus pts well generalizing ptsd it can take up to 10 years or so. It can be a long time. And also, I mean, we're referencing war. We're referencing war. But actually, there are instances, there's other instances of PTSD. You know, you can go back to within the services that you may experience in civilian life, you know, which affect veterans. But are still, because I actually got an email from somebody um from somebody that worked from the mod on a medical standpoint from a mental health standpoint but he was a local councillor in my area and he said well you can't have ptsd if you have if, if you've done anything less than three year service oh i've seen something oh about this. my yeah. god i just yeah i, I um, it made me so upset but the ignorance the but there's that ignorance where ptsd is a military thing no are you it's, flipping mental you can you can fall over you could fall over by head against that wall bad End up in hospital. Not even end up in hospital. I've, I get people get it for the craziest things. Not even have a physical injury. Yeah. A mental, like witnessing, witnessing a hideous car crash. You can get PTSD from that. It, it's, that is a counsellor, especially the counsellor, ex-military, the ignorance of that. I saw something, I thought, I saw something else onto that. I think it was yesterday. And someone was saying that, I think it was to do with, it might have been to do with the mental health side of things or, or, I know it's to do with, um, getting veterans treated in the NHS and prioritising all that. And they were saying, well, let, let's ease the strain in the NHS. They, people should not be eligible for the treatment if if they've served less than a year. I thought, why does that? Why does that? <laughs> it means nothing, does it? I mean, I was speaking, I was on a radio programme in Oxford and I was speaking to a gentleman, I can't remember his name, if he's really listening to this, I'm so sorry. He writ Bombs for Breakfast. Bombs for Breakfast. Is it Bombs for Breakfast? No, I've not heard of that. And... He was such an interesting man. I mean, I think he, if I remember rightly, forgive me if not, he served with the rifles. Okay. And um, he was talking about the same thing, you know, about PTSD. What you, you know, it's not just a military thing, but the treatment, or I'd say with military, it's a lack of wanting to 
admit there's a problem because with the people, not just men, I see people referencing men in the military a lot and it's men and women. Mm-hmm. It's, it's because I think you have to have, you have to be, you know, have to have a, res- a huge amount of resilience in what you do and to admit or oh, actually something maybe not quite right is a bit of a, he's having to admit, you know, you've, you've got a bit of a flaw, you know, something's happening there. And that's another thing is engagement. I think that's a lot harder within the military community, whether serving or veteran, because you've been, you've gone through that process of being trained and being, you know, not, not a man you've got. um, But I think PTSD has been stigmatized quite a lot within the military community, if you see what I mean. It's Um, a, a big problem as well. Although the government say, you know, it's open, it's being dealt with. But I've had people approach me saying, I've got a relative. They've stood forward, said I've got, you know, I'm, you know, I'm suffering. And they've been taken back from duties. And at that point, you know, they've gone through and they've said, you know, I'm, I've gone through, the, you know, gone through some counselling. I said, no, I'm fine. Because they don't want to be taken away from what they're doing. They want to be... Mm. You know. It's not PTSD that gets stigmatized. It's not PTSD. No, it's, no I, it's Is not it mental health. It's not, it's not stigmatized externally. So, um, and I'm talking from personal experience, not from PTSD. I'm talking about experiencing what the machine is like. And um, you know, I was in yeah. infantry. So, and again, that's probably extremists of the um, the uh, macho, um, you know, well, that macho strength, no weakness thing. And it's it's more. It's not. It's it's um it's 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 not one to expose a weakness, and and PTSD being being perceived as a weakness, so you don't bring it up. It's not PTSD stigmatized. I think it I, depends where you are and who you're with, okay. and who's in command, maybe or so forth, or who's your who's your support structure. Mm-hmm. Because I guess I'm coming from a, a partner's point of view. And um, I'm really lucky because I've met so many different people, um, mums, wives, ex-serving soldiers, serving, you know, men and women. And you get a whole barrage of different things that have happened to people. It's not all the same. And it doesn't, you can hear, you can hear some really heartbreaking things. And you think, well, why did that get so far you know they were saying and why did that and but again I think I think I still think that PTSD is stigmatized even among the guys that have PTSD Mm. you know that are suffering they even stigmatize themselves my husband forgive me for watching this but he constantly says I mean he's I think anybody that's read my art, uh, article about myself, my husband, my husband was sections at the end of last year. It got so severe. Um, and he'll still say, I've not got a problem. And then 10 minutes later, I'll say, I'll say well, why haven't you done that? He goes, well, I've got a mental health problem. And, and it's like, I think I'm going to scream because, you know, there's issues. But it's wanting to talk about it. It's being open. Um I'm quite lucky in the fact that yeah, my husband is really supportive of what I'm doing because he can see the benefit in being so open now, especially as a partner, because I think partners get forgotten, forgotten sometimes within the whole 
whole thing and we kind of we're the carers we're I mean I've been called a care coordinator so often it's unbelievable um uh, but you know what can you do it's um you choose you choose you stay and you get on with it were you with James before he started suffering? No, we were friends before, but we we started properly dating in but 2011, and um, he had he was he was drinking an awful lot. Was he still serving then? No, he was out then, but he was constantly in Hereford. So, with his friends that are still serving, and you just think, <clears throat> you know, he lost his life driving license um that caused problems he was constantly borrowing from his parents you know to subsidize because you know you can't sustain that kind of thing mm-hmm. um he had a few jobs but he couldn't settle on the job he'd just not go you know he just couldn't do it and then when we probably started dating he just didn't leave and what do you mean he didn't leave just didn't leave. He, <laughs> he, he sort of turned up his bag one day and just didn't leave i've been told that's quite normal but um <laughs> he was kind of yeah and it was um so we've we've pretty we've had a few breaks because of certain things in relation to what's been going on but you know not everybody's the same not every relationship's same you know you either you're at that point where you can see an end you can see a level point or you're not and nobody is better or worse for that that is a personal choice and but to me PTSD is I mean my husband also had a head injury in 2003 which apparently by all studies I love the word studies because seem to be so many out there all quite varied and quite different uh, makes him more susceptible to PTSD um cte isn't it pardon cte isn't it cte yeah massive subject Mm, huge in america i could could wish i could remember what it stands for it's um oh god Uh, i want my phone now to google uh, um, what's it chronic it's to do with repetitive um so like small concussions i will find it now yeah look hang on right see if this works google tell me what cte stands for (laughs) According to Boston University, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, is a progressive degenerative disease of the brain found in people with a history of repetitive brain trauma, including symptomatic concussions as well as asymptomatic subconcussive hits to the head that do not cause symptoms. Cheers, Google. You, you're alive then. Uh, CTE, there we go. Yeah, so so we're repeated or um, head injury yes. can make you more susceptible to other things, including... Um, so it's... Um, depression. One of them, yeah, yeah it's, it mirrors PTSD basically. Um, huge studies in America. America seems to be leading the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada and Sweden and Australia are pretty much, you know. Well, with the CT, another thing it can it, it can produce is, um, and this is when it's, when I say can, it seems to be like a high high probability of the chance of you developing it um, if you got CT is um, erratic behaviour. They they reckon now, and this is from a study, that all American football players have CT. All all of them. Yeah. Not they. Re- that's what you study the cross section of them and go on. Fucking hell, they've all got it. They've all got it again. Like PTSD affects people in different ways. Anyway, so you say. I mean, this comes back to the head injury. So um, when 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 you so you got with James in 
You started dating 2011-ish. No, well, no, that's wrong. Sorry. 2009, something okay. like that. Yeah. When, uh, how did, how did you get from there to identifying as an issue? If it wasn't already identified. <laughs> Look at your face. <laughs> Go on. Um, uh, just a terrible car experiences, you know, just being so hyper vigilant, just on edge just driving driving awful um describe what you mean um constantly watching what's around getting i think a lot of wives with ptsd you know i've seen a lot of this today about being angry at every everything going you know if a driver doesn't indicate you know um if somebody cuts them up you know not deliberately maybe you know we all do stuff on the road you know we it takes a few seconds to do something wrong doesn't it and it's just every tiny thing you know and you're constantly going oh this isn't you know the experience that i'm quite enjoying really it's getting Mm -hmm. a bit um did that was that something increased as time went on um was it not there at the start when you were I had, oh, I don't know, actually, to be quite honest. I may because we had a few journeys at the start when we were traveling from Oxford to Cardiff mm-hmm. and it was very close quarters to get places. So, you know, it was like, oh. but, um, you know, and you kind of forgive, you know, not everybody has good car journeys. I know, I think nowadays I am more mm-hmm. about driving because <laughs> I think that's kind of rubbing off onto me. But um, we've had... Oh, when well, one Pacific incident in 2011 just seemed, you know, there were cer- there were certain things happening. You just think, oh, this isn't quite right. I mean, I've been, you know, you're in relationships before, not experienced this, mm-hmm. not enjoying it. And um, and then you get to 2011 and his friend, um, Richard Scanlon, was killed in Afghan. Everything just went boom. And from disappearing to drinking again, to just just not being able to talk like a per you know not being able to engage not just our whole relationship is again when we kind of had a break well we lived apart from each other we were still together but there was that gap um just horrendous um didn't have a good time at the time just when I mar- um, when I was with James, I was still married. Well, I wasn't living with my, you know, we'd yeah, separated. Yeah, yeah. And that relationship with my ex-husband seemed just to... So relation, everything came a bit volatile, you know, anything like Little said, you know, when see, people don't oh, think your relationship right. with your ex-husband became no, volatile. Well, with him, with yeah, him yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that all became very volatile. It, was, it wasn't a great relationship. So everything, was, everything gets blown out of proportion. So... So you do something wrong. I remember my son was icing a cake once and he was about three and he was missing the cake with icing and James was meant to be helping and he just couldn't do it because it was, you know, he just couldn't cope with him missing Missing the cake. So he he just walked out and was like, what is this about? Mm. And he's like, later on, I just can't, I can't handle just because I just, just, I don't know, becomes too much. Mm um and then so well with our story we approached combat stress 
took us a year to get there because by the time we got an appointment, Jane, we got to Leatherhead and had to turn back. So what do you mean? We went for an appointment at Combat Stress, got an appointment. He literally got to the gates and went, can't do this. Drove all the way back to Oxford again because he just couldn't go in. Took us another year before he actually walked in the door reception of Combat Stress. Um, all the way from Oxford to Leatherhead. Did they not have anywhere closer? No, they've closed. They've got two. They had three centres then. Now they've they've cut one, haven't they? And they're down know. to two. Yeah, they've cut one up north. I thought Combat Stress were quite big, are they not? No, I think they've got. They're very. They're coming up to the hundredth centenary next year, I think. But they are very much because they're funded a lot of their stuff is funded by the nhs so treatment the six week stays and so forth Mm -hmm. and with the government sourcing out now so till service Mm -hmm. do you know tills no um so that's a transition interventional link service i think it is and so that is for mental health for um military having that bridge from leaving into civilian life but also for veterans um and now as of the april the first they started up with the complex mental health team right okay. which i'm smiling because <laughs> i rang on the first of or um first of april on that day and said about james and they basically said no he's too severe he's too complex and i thought it's in his title you, you know, this is meant to be for that extreme section of um, mental health for veterans or tra- people transitioning out of the armed forces. So, and they said that his situation too, was too complex. Yeah, What's too complex, a, too severe. Yeah, have, it's all oh, complex. It is. It's, it, it's the severity of the symptoms is is the difference, isn't it? Well, combat stress told him. They um, said they he did his two weeks stay and then his symptoms got a lot worse. Anyway, they said what? Sorry, they said he could, they he was too severe for them to treat. Yeah, so it came out of their box of what they the treatments they do basically because yeah. he he basically isn't stable enough. Um, Help for heroes were wonderful. Stepped in and there because we'd got no signposting and they said, look, have you heard about the till service? We went to the till service. They were amazing. But at that point, James isn't stable enough. And they passed on to local mental health team, who then were meant to do stabilisation course, whatever that entails, and never did it. Even with the the armed forces covenant, mm. where, you know, if the treatment... No, never happened. And they kind of passed it back to Help for Heroes in Tidworth okay. and wanted James to travel there each, all the time, to go and do treatment. How far is that from Oxford? An hour and a half, two hours, nice. depending on traffic. So it's quite a while with children in nursery and um, school. And I'm the one doing the old driving. So we turned that down. And so I spent some, spoke to the complex mental health. And I just wanted to scream at their answer because I just thought, where do we go? Where do Where does he fit within all this? There's a lot of organisations. So... Where do, and I'd heard of another lady being turned down, her husband being turned down by complex mental health being too severe, not stable enough. Um, so I went to the papers because I had enough. When was this? Um, it was quite a few months ago now. Was it back in July, was it? So all that time trying to get some stable well, what from treatment analysis. We're, gone, we're going back from 
2011 I first approached combat stress so what are we in now coming up to two, we're 2018 coming up to 2019 never having any continuity never having well com- how the heroes have been really good to us as a family and singly but you know they can only do so much with mental health and well, there's all these different organizations stuff but no we didn't touch him sorry <clears throat> gets quite upsetting There's, no I, un, un, understandably um uh from what i know of of dealing with multiple organizations to do with mental health veterans mental health it's the way i see it is there are a, a million brilliant assets out there yeah yep. definitely there is the coordination is a nightmare standardization is a nightmare yeah um and you, you know, you, you can't, I'm not saying you do. No. I, I try not to hold it against the individual organizations because of the job they're up against. Combat stress, for example, a friend, one of the, one of the mates who killed himself, the, the family had approached combat stress. And again, I, this is just an example. And it just is shame. It's a combat stress example. You've already mentioned them. The family had approached them and they took, an inordinate amount of time to get from, and I only know, this is as much as I know. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know what correspondence was beforehand. If they tried to get my mate to go there or what to there, how far away it was, all the rest of it. But between the point of them contacting uh, combat stress, months passed and he killed himself before he was even, he, not, not, it was not saying combat stress's no. point. It was going back to, there's a load of assets there. Combat stress is an asset. Health of who is an asset. The NHS is an asset. The flipping, the, the, the psychiatrists and therapists, and that, they're all assets. The coordination between it's is an shocking. absolute nightmare. It's a shame we can't have something like the VA in America. What's that? Um, veterans. It, it basically links everything. So okay. you come into it very military-wise and it feeds off. So they have lots of, but they are the main organisation. So if you imagine like a chart, they hub everything. So they're the ones that coordinate. So it isn't various charities and you're going from one to another. You have to apply to each charity singly. I filled out so many forms I couldn't tell you. Um, you go to one approach and you go from there. So yeah. you're not constantly having to kind of find your way in a minefield. of diff- There are so many different military charities. Did, did, you, did, you, get a, did you get a veteran's handbook? Veterans no. passport? Did you get that? No. You not get that? No. <laughs> the NHS will give you a, a veterans passport, and it's a um, passport to health, and it's a little uh, A five sort of binder, and um, and you, it's like it's like an action plan. They go right, you've done this, and then your next thing is this, and this you go and see. Have any problems doing this? And da 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 da. But um, uh. You know this. Part of the problem with some that's great. Yeah. I'll have the handbook. That's great. Guess what? I'm not gonna guess what? I'm probably not gonna be very good at doing what the handbook says or filling it in or writing in. Yeah, or blah 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 blah. Because I'm I'm, I'm saying me, I'm generalizing because the people who kind of suffer from these issues in general don't want to even approach the issue. They want to hide from it. So the last thing I want to do is sit down right about it. It's like My husband got asked <laughs> to do a mood diary late, um, recently by his mental health coordinator at the local mental health trust. And I just felt myself going, he's never going to do it. 
you know, I can do it, but then that's my perspective, not his, how he's, you know, only he knows what's going on inside him. But I think then you're asking a lot of somebody on whatever spectrum they are suffering. It doesn't matter what, where they are, you know, <laughs> for somebody to sit down to think about at that point, right, you know, I, I'm feeling a bit down. Let's put it down in my phone or write it down. I'm feeling a bit sad. I'm going to do that now because by the time you get to bed, you know, I know my husband getting into bed is a bit of a nightmare and then getting tablets, you know, waiting for those to kick in. He's not, he's not thinking about that. He's just, and you know, it's okay having these, I call them touchy feely things, but whether or not people are going to do them, because I know me at the moment, I would do them, but I say I'm okay. But if I wasn't, if I was on that spectrum, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd care enough. I don't care enough about getting dressed. I don't care enough about having a shower. I don't care enough about having a drink. Am I going to write something down? Mm. Sorry. Mm. It's just like, well, that's Mm. another thing by the wayside. So, so the VA in America is that a is that a government a government organization? Yeah. Well, it's military. It's still. I think it's still within the military. So you'll get injured, people still serving, veterans, and it's, it's all a combined... So part of the Department of Defence. Yeah, maybe. it's kind of, it's really, you know, it's militarised. It's not like, say, our local mental health team or whatever. It's very still military. So you've got that kind of... My husband, I hate to keep going back, but he always says, you know, well, they're not, civil- they're not military. They don't know, you know. Mm. And they're being, you know, they're, they're going, how are you today? And he's like, go away, fuck off. <laughs> you know, whereas um, we met a gentleman recently at um, the Oxford Centre for Enablement and um, he's ex-RAF. And he was very, you know, straight to the point, very... And my husband found it so much easier to talk to him because he was being pacific. He, was being, he wasn't being touchy-feely, but that might just be my husband. But he found it a lot easier to actually feed back to them, not sit back and go, oh, my God, am I going to have to sit through this again? Mm. He felt like he had to answer. He had to give an answer back, which to me is is good. But very much, I don't know. I think everybody thinks differently, don't Everybody's a different person. So one mold won't fit, may not fit another person. But within the people I've met, you know these guys are still very you know they're in civilian life but like clothes stuff like that is very you know you know getting things right is still pretty much and i know when my husband is down is when you know he hasn't done you know the things he does looks a bit I love my husband a bit, by the way, but he looks a bit shabby. You know, he looks like he hasn't taken care. No, he looks a bit shabby. But (laughs) God, you know, I just think if you look at somebody, I think people looking at my husband now in a day-to-day life. We went to Legoland a while ago, and it took a lot for my husband to go. Yeah, and at the point we're at the gates. He was doing this, you know. He was shaking. What um, what makes him anxious with it? Is it anxiety? What? Yeah. Well, he has a lot. He has ang- anger issues. He has anxiety. He has. But with the not wanting to go into Legoland, for example. Um, anxiety. Lots of people. Lots of bag 
you know, lots of unknowns, um, waiting. So waiting with a lot of people about, well, you know, if we're moving quick through, a set, you know, somewhat to somewhere, he's okay because he's moving quickly. If we stop and he's looking around, that becomes an issue, you know. Is he able to articulate what, what, what where he's in? Or not? No, um, you can just tell by his body language and he's no, no, I mean, uh, Oh, sorry. I, no, I mean, as it has he, like, you know, as he meant, said anything in the past. What, about how he's feeling yeah, in those situations because or is it just a general it's, he doesn't say you see this is the problem mm. as well he doesn't um articulate he doesn't tell but it's the physical signs but physical signs of my husband doing stuff in front of people that don't understand i think my, my husband's being a, a, you know the way he's acting is you know strange yeah and they don't understand whereas i can look and go okay we'll have some time out we'll go somewhere quiet we can assess you know mm -hmm. but yeah so when we were at legoland a gentleman at work there was my husband was so agitated he was we're in a kids program to, um, a playground to get away you know just to be away from the crowds yeah and there wasn't many people there at the time and he was just like and the guy was just looking and i just thought i don't really want to, have to explain to you mm. so i just smiled and tried to get no, you, you know stuff them don't have to you know it's, it's, just... it's generally like that it's you know what people perceive can often not be right and that's in general life not just you mm. know my husband but i surprised yeah. you got him in there given i mean I, it just... was because my son wouldn't stop going on about it and he was just so mindset and we'd we'd worked up to all this so I kind of, it's really weird, but I kind of have to safeguard. I have to think of everything that's going to go on. So the trip down there, we're going to need fuel. We're going to get there. What's it going to be like with people? So we're trying to avoid like, you know, like really busy days during the summer holidays or whatever. Try and go when it's colder, when people may not go or raining. Good example. Mm. Um, just, or I'm trying to plan out the whole day. So the kids are distracted and doing what they want to do and we can kind of fast track around so he isn't thinking no, about yeah, things and it. people yeah. it's um interesting yeah it's not easy it's not easy it's uh yeah um it's not like being a wife sometimes or a partner i can quite understand why other halves get quite you know down about the whole thing because the whole thing is so frustrating well it's a dream but um it but does. I, I, I i imagine you know i i know i've not been there but um i'll swap you but there <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> sorry um but uh, what i mean look i'm not a flipping therapist i've got a clue but yeah i mean he's how supportive he is of you doing this shows yeah you know, it, 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 it the first thing is like not the first one of the things is acknowledging i mean he's come here with you today albeit yeah. he sat in the car you know <laughs> i mean that honestly that when i met him out there and, and he he said he didn't come in and then i shook hands and he said hello and then and then he didn't want to come in he didn't want to you know it's only me you and and baz upstairs but he didn't want to come in that upset me when that because be, not because it's a slight on me but because a person to be in that that mental position and hey we sound you know but to think like what god i it must be horrendous to think i i don't feel comfortable going into probably the the quietest environment so just i you know i just want to help them and go fix you well he's you um know? he's going off with battle back have you ever heard of battle back i have heard of battle back but ba go on battle back girls and um 
he's going with them for a like a day event thing but he is going to we have had to book him a hotel mm-hmm. you know like with a friend also a veteran and they and they know each other really well so they're staying together but constantly he's thinking about like is it going to be okay to keep my golf clubs in the in the room and it's like yeah it's fine is it going to be what sorry is it be okay to keep my golf clubs in the room <laughs> and it's just like yeah it's fine <laughs> if they got oh. this have they got that and it's just like uh, but, but battle back the golf days yeah the golf days there's another battle, organization does it on or course, is it the same one on course What's, foundation on course yeah sorry right yeah I've another golf, yeah. really good organization so james plays golf he does badly because <laughs> hopefully because i'm bad I as well know. i'm bad as well <laughs> only those on battle back or on course could tell me um but um he comes back and tell he's terrible and then he wins something so i'm like it can't huh? be that bad, you yeah. know, when you come back with a voucher. Yeah. But yeah, he um he engages with them, but then he doesn't engage. He'll have where well, he won't engage. So if he doesn't know somebody's going on it, he'll be like, I can't go because I don't know. Oh, I really? Can't okay. Yeah, he has you know, he to know people. So Did he know everyone on the first time? So, see, time. no, that was on course. He went of his own accord, which I find really, mind you, I, I am a bit pushy. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. you know i'm like you know you need to get out of the house so you need to yeah so but um he found out about on course about from combat stress actually so oh, really? yeah yeah so yeah he's done things with them before but he got offered to go to spain with battle back and he's like no i can't cope but i can't do that when but did he start that then oh god when did he start when did he come on with on course i think it might have been 2017 or he started just to do he doesn't do it all the time he does like individual things they apply and then whether you get a place or not or whether you want to go i'm such a good vocab for all this thing i've been telling my other friends because i sing in the military wise choir as well and there's a lot of i, saw that. I, I know that. i'm all over the place <laughs> um a lot uh, one of my friends from military wise choir she's recently gone on course because i've been a bit pushy about her going on that as well kind of those are details got me she, she's a wife she is she's ex-military she's ex-RAF see I um I sing at RAF base so predominantly RAF which my husband predominantly um takes the mickey out of my friend and and, and, and rightly you should (laughs) 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 joking RAF um uh I'm going to have to look at Battleback. Yeah, that's good. I'm not, I, on course, I try to organise, I say I, myself and my business partner, Luke, we try to organise a couple of things to get them on. Is it me and Luke? Me and me and John. To get them onto a, a couple of courses in Colchester. It never came off. <coughs> um, I've heard of those guys. But going, sorry, going, sorry. going back to um, the petition. Mm-hmm. Right? So the petition is on, and that, that's all it wants. It, all the petition is asking for is for coroners to record in w- where suicide or deaths are concerned. Yes. Yeah, um, whether the person's ex-services or not. Yes. Right? Um, so, we, there's a problem with that. Uh, maybe you may have. You probably got the answer. Is how how I'm a coroner. Okay. Yep. A body comes into me and it's a suicide. Um, male or female, whatever. How do I go? How do I go? This person's ex-services. Is it what database? You would ask. I guess primarily you would go to hopefully the family or the person because they would have that information. If not, not always. Everybody always has family. (sighs) That is a difficult question to be quite honest because, like everything, main information comes from relatives. Um, 
That is a really hard answer. Well, if they're... Um, I'm just thinking we're going to thrash it out now. I mean, look, I've got a... I've, one of the things that surprised me recently, I've got a... I recently found out I've got a, a mate who's in the nick. Close to... Uh, I know, right? Uh, close to me. As in, geographically, close yeah. to where we are sitting right now, just by chance. I don't think he's in there for long. I'm still trying to get older and find out what the... But he's... I'm surprised. Who is? I'm really surprised he is. That he's in the nick. Um, and f- from what I've heard, the reason is it's 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 really it's really minor. You know, it's it's, it's not theft and like that. Anyway, um, when I got in touch with, so I found out about through someone else. I thought, well, and he'd been in there a few weeks at this point, I think. Um, and I got onto the regimental association and said to the welfare officer there and said, "Yo, Laura, Laura McFolimi is the power reg welfare association lady, it's brilliant lady." I said, yo, you know, such and such, yes, he's in the neck. Oh, or she didn't know him personally, he's in the neck. Oh, I'll send you the details. Yeah, what can you do? Well, send us the details and we went from there. And I I needed to get his date of birth to be able to arrange a visit. Because like, to go yeah. on, so it's on uh, .gov.uk forward slash prisoner visits, something like that. And they, the Pirates Association, didn't have his date of birth. Because when he left or when he was in, he'd never registered with the Power Reg Association because not everyone has to do it, right? Um, it's one of the things I'm involved with trying to get people to do it. And she said, well, because he's not with us, we haven't got his date of birth and we didn't hold that information. But the, like the MOD would have it, but they don't have access through. So, so it's now, they're an MOD organization. They don't have it between the two. But what I'm saying is, there is a database that exists, must be the MOD that has all service personnel. So maybe a coroner could, as, as, as part of the process, query, the MOD. Do you know what the? I think there is a more simple answer to that because I think it might be quite complicated. Okay. A request, you know, for freedom of information or so forth, um, is actually having it on NHS records because the coroner will have access to the NHS records. So therefore, if it was on the NHS database, so like when you go to your GP, yeah. Um, there's a, there was a um, how do you say there was um. I'm thinking the wrong word. Um, recently up north, a There's GP a had done a. There's a problem with this. What's on, that one? There's a problem. Go on. He, go they on had done saying. like um, a general. How do you say? Um, like a little trial. Oops. Sorry. Um, done a trial um, about you having veterans or serving military within their what GP surgery, mm-hmm. and having people like I guess like combat stress already do they go out and they do things about PTSD and bloody blind educate. Um, but for the GP to do have that, they have to request it. It's not a, um, so that veteran will get a service. So he will be, you know, you usually get allocated to a doctor, but you never see that particular doctor. When you're serving, you mean? No, no, when you're out, a veteran, like a normal civilian population. Yeah. Well, actually within this, the veteran will see that Pacific doctor. Yeah. Unless they're not, that, that will be their primary carer. They will get, you know, they will, I guess I go go ahead of the list. The GP will probably, you know, will be the one person kind of looking through all of the information that's coming about that veteran. So we'll specifically look at their care. So it won't be spread um, all over that GP surgery because obviously in, you know, within civilian GPs, if something comes for a doctor, it's that duty doctor that's going through what's happened that day, you know, from the hospital or whatever, sending it through. But that information, although that duty doctor might get to begin with, that information will go to that one GP who will correlate that information. So we'll know specifically what's going on with that GP. And you know what? Actually, in our old GP surgery, that was what happened. 
it wasn't a thing, but the GP that was involved with James specifically did everything to do with James, specifically took him on. But then he was kind of a standalone case. They didn't have how, anybody like How that. did he get the medical records from the MOD? How did you get the record from MOD? How did James get them? Because I, I tell you what... Get I, medical records. You had to I, apply for them. I, this is the thing. It's not automatic. No, it isn't. My, my, med, my military medical records are... I don't know where. Because when I when I left, um, I got... I think I got given my... Med, I got given my medical records. Somehow I got the medical records. I don't... Ah... I think it was an insurance claim because of my hearing. And I got the records for some, I think. Yeah, I got given the records. So I don't know where they are now. I've got no idea. But my GP doesn't have them. No. And if I hadn't have had them, how do they get transferred? So what I'm saying is that... that That's a big gap. The NHS records aren't... It's not a run-amount thing. See, they should be when you leave. It should... It isn't done. But it should be a case those records automatically go to that GP. You tell them what you're moving to. You tell them the GP surgery. But it doesn't happen. You know, I feel sorry actually for the people up in the records because they've got, you know, there's little people there and they've got so much to do, especially with, you know, people claiming for war pensions and so forth. The, the list is horrific and I've had to badger those women no end and they're so polite. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the responsibility on all cases like the medical records, like telling your GP you're a veteran, you know, you were in the military, it's all up to yourself or the person in your who's looking up, you know, who's what your carer, your partner, your mother, your father. It's it's going to come down to them. The military. I found for all of this, except for one case, um, I found the military have just gone. Well, it's nothing to do with us anymore. Mm. You know, mm, wasn't our fault. We haven't, you know, bloody blah. Wasn't our fault. He was on an all arms course in Britain when he should have been on. You know, not even anywhere. He should have been on light duties, not mm. doing anything. It's an our fault. He should have said. But they, yeah, but if, if they're out, you know, it's one of those. They're not going to give it down until there's a lawsuit, are they? That's, no. that's, that, that's the reality. Or if, or if legisl- legislation changes, it's like any court. It's like any company or organization. They're not going to care. You leave. They're not going to care. You, you're just left. I feel, to be quite honest, to fend for yourself. And it's, you know, people have good experiences. People have bad experiences. But I think when you need something or you're asking it isn't always plain and simple and it should be a lot easier mm-hmm. especially for relatives who are mm-hmm. caring you can't at combat stress speak to anybody about your partner or put them forward for combat stress and like as a wife nowadays i mean i was i was fed up of the situation so i was quite you know and um you can't ring up and speak to combat stress about your partner you can't put them forward yourself to, to combat stress you can't as a you know to yeah, apply know. you can't there How has to you? be that particular per- it has to be that person applying to combat stress for their help it can't be a wife applying on your husband's well you know behalf can you not even make a referral and say i think this person's it has to come no i think you or now yeah no you can't i've had um lots of experiences i had to at one point i actually got james the woman was on the phone i was like you know what is going on because he's just sat in a corner doing nothing, you know, staring into space. Mm. And literally, he has to give consent to bloody run. I just went, say yes. And he said yes, and that was it. And it's just like, why did I have to go through all of this? I could have put a voice on mm. just to get information about what's going on because it is made so hard. And I don't think, like, data protection just makes it even harder. I've had to, I'm now my husband's, how do you say, I'm legally 
I legally do everything for him. So if I have to write something for power of attorney, power, yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, I do. I'm in charge of the whole lot, which mm -hmm. is huge stress. Mm -hmm. But then it takes off him, and he doesn't mm -hmm. have to worry or think, and he just gets done. Mm -hmm. But yeah, most people I've heard about a few people's husbands that want to do stuff, but just can't you know these forms you have to fill out or whatever you know if you're struggling in general you know it's because sometimes my husband's just like just do it because i just can't you know I even understand what's going you know what is mm. it but yeah it's amazingly hard it's like yeah. hurdles i feel like combat stress again i'd slang it in sorry i, I, I am actually doing work with combat stress though there you go in <laughs> i'm everywhere um <laughs> I am doing research for a lady called Lucy Spencer Harper at Combat Stress in regards to effects on partners and children affect um, with um, a part, you know whoever in their life um, affected by PTSD mm. because actually in this country there's not a huge amount um, and I've been speaking to a few different charities. SAFA are very supportive. I've been speaking to NHS England and they actually have it on their list to do. But it's funding and time and how long that will take. And I think I can speak for a few people, but need it now, especially for our children, because, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm part of the Ripple Pond as well. That's another organisation for, you know, it's a peer support group for partners uh, or the person caring for the physically injured or mental uh, mental health, people with mental health illnesses. Um, and you see it so much. It's just, um, sorry. I don't know what you're apologising for, don't I? But it's yeah. fine. Talk away. Um, what's, are you going to, res how are you going to respond? To, are you, do you have to respond to the, how does this work with the petition? Do you have to tried, respond to them? I've tried to. How do you do just that? Bounces what's the back. Um, well, I've tried to email back the defence, not the secretary for the secretary of defence I've been speaking, yeah. but it just bounces around and there's a specific telephone number they give you, which just takes you to the main um, defence secretary's switchboard and you don't know who to speak to because it's never signed. Who's your local MP? It's Robert Court's MP, who has been amazing. Oh, good. Yeah, he's good. been, he's um, a veterans champion in the House of Commons. Really? Okay. Yeah, he has been hugely supportive and really open and has helped us an awful lot. Go down there and bang on the door of the House of Commons. Oh, <gasps> do you know what? There. I've been thinking about things like that. Have you? Did you listen to the episode with Johnny Mercer? Like no, you? I didn't. I did, you know Johnny Mercer, the MP? No, I don't so listen. There's an MP called Johnny Mercer. He's um, the MP <laughs> for... Uh, oh, God. Plymouth, Plymouth, Johnny for Plymouth. That's his. <laughs> I'm not. I don't have. I don't have a political. I don't have a political allegiance. But Johnny is ex. Um, is ex two nine commando. Okay. Uh, ex officer. Um, yeah, I did various tours and stuff. And now he's yeah, so he's the MP for Plymouth at the minute. But he is. You want to look him up because this is nothing. Who is your MP? Sorry, not, Robert Court's MP. Don't want to take yeah. anything away from him at all. I don't know the guy. Right. <laughs> I'll but make him listen I, to this. <laughs> uh, only talk about Johnny because I met him personally, and and because I've met him, I sort of more he's more on my radar, and he is in a huge way pushing the veterans' mental health thing. Massive, massive. So I, I I'll I'll yeah try and connect you well, two up. I'm I emailed sure help. everybody on the select committee that issued the report, um, and I got one response. issued the report in response to, to your no 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 issued the report in. 
the big report into mental health in 2015 yeah Yeah. that report and i emailed every single person on that report Mm -hmm. one person got back to me who was that was it positive it was hugely positive oh really yes it was hugely positive and um supportive of the petition yeah about the way things are recorded, but yeah. also really supportive in the fact that more needs to be done. Um, and it was an amazing... I wasn't expecting a response like that, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an amazing boost. I can't remember the gentleman's name. That's really rude. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, it was really early on. I have written to Harry, Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. Not, not Prince of Wales, the Prince Harry. Mm-hmm. No response back yet. So if you're listening any chance mm-hmm. um and i wrote to the prince of wales because he was my husband's commander-in-chief of his regiment oh really so i thought you know yeah might as well give it a go but no yeah. response yet it's been it's, i wrote to them the same week i started the petition so it's been a fair while the best way to do it is not to expect the response like applying for a job exactly. don't expect the response keep, but they keep banging at the doors i'll definitely hook it with johnny um what was i going to say there what the heck was i going to say to you then um Right, the petitions are three thirty and a half thousand now. Yes. When did you start the petition? It was in end of July. So it's it, you got until July twenty nineteen. No, six months. No, you got until six January twenty nineteen. End of January. And then the petition finishes. Yes. And if you get it to a hundred thousand by January twenty nineteen, then it has to be heard in the House of Commons. Well, it can be heard in the House of Commons, not all are. Ah. Mm. Ah. Ah, stumbling block, isn't it? Uh yes so it yeah it should be it it can be debated in the house of commons but there's no guarantee that it will be if you look on the gov site you'll see the ones that have been debated it will show you those um you know fantastic if it got to 100,000 amazing it, you know it's not just about it being debated in parliament it's about people looking and reading yeah. And maybe thinking, hmm, I know, I'll read a bit more about, I'll look at, you know, Google or whatever, and I'll read a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's having, how do you say, more getting more knowledge out there to people about the situation. Because I think some people can look and think, oh, you know, well, you know, it's one person, but it's, it's not. And actually, to be quite honest, if that one person or their family cannot go through what they've gone through then it's worth it if we can you know to do something or uh, i would i always think with this what i started and i told my husband i started it was because if i can stop one family going what we have gone through because he has tried to commit suicide in the past twice Mm -hmm. you know he's got sections um i mean the reasons around this section are quite interesting themselves i I I've heard the term section before, and my I don't I have not got a full understanding of it. To me, it's uh, they came and took him away and locked him up because he went crazy. Well, you don't have to listen. I'm not he, asking you to go into detail. What 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 is if if someone is sectioned, what, what is that? What happens? It's a legal term. Okay. So um, they basically at that point legally, it's a bit not like I don't liken it to prison, but it you know they have to go. To be in hospital, yes. It's a legal need. Um, there's different types of sectioning. Um, so I is, was, it, is it an ambulance that comes? An ambulance? I wasn't even there. Um, mm. I don't think my husband will mind. Um, 
for about a week before my husband was set gens, I was constantly ringing the mental health team because I felt that the situation wasn't tenable. It was it was becoming un unsafe, and it was becoming just uncopable for me and my children. But nobody came out to see him. I was told by the psychologist that he wasn't he's not sectionable. And it's like, well, you haven't even seen him. You just haven't even spoke to him, you know. Anyway, on one morning, he was obsessive about his wallet. Simple thing. Your wallet. He was convinced I had it. And at this point, I'd already got my son, my oldest son to school. And um, I had my other three children in the car to go to my mum's just to get, you know, get away. And um, he was just on about his wallet, just fixated. And anyway, he came out of the house with a golf club and took a golf club to the car with me and my children in it. And I went and he proceeded in our other car to follow us. And, and you drove kind of, off. Yeah. Well, I drove off and he followed us and hit us from behind. Not hard, but still, yeah. you know, frightening in front of on the crossroads of Carterton in front of everybody. And so I kept going. I was going to drive into our Prize Norton, actually. And um because I thought he was still following me, but he must have gone. And when I looked and I was going to fall into R.F. Bryce Norton, I thought, no, because I don't want to cause a, you know, a scene. Um, so I drove to the police station in my, um, in Whitney. So, yeah, it was, so police proceeded because I was on the phone to them on my hands free at the time when he was following me. He it, it already hit my car. And, um, yeah, we, he ended up getting arrested um funny enough the uh, military police turned up although he's not military and um yeah there was a lot of people there and um he was taken to the local mental health team and from there he was taken to the ment- local mental health hub basically where he was sectioned by two doctors um one so um social adult social worker mm-hmm. they all have to be in agreement for it to happen because it's a legal thing um yeah it was a very interesting day. Um, um, so you went into sort of care then, I suppose. Yeah, he how, was. In, how, how does that work? He was in a high, like high security wing. Of the would hospital. You say, of the hospital. Was it a mental health hospital? Yeah, it was a general hospital. It was a mental health hospital in okay. Oxford. Um, and yeah, he he was fine. He was having three meals a day, or done for you know and. I think the thing was getting to him was that he's enclosed in because he prefers being outside. It's better for him to be, you know, not enclosed. You mean outdoors? Outdoors, yeah. He yeah. prefers it there. Yeah. And um, you can see a change of personality when he's outdoors. It's amazing. And, um, but that really affected him. And I guess I was getting messages that this other person within the, that had been sectioned also was being quite, aggressive to him and he's like oh, you know i can't cope with this because i feel the like the person who sectioned him one no of no the no people, one of the one people. of the people that was actually in had already been sectioned oh sorry oh. so my legal entitlement as his nearest relative is to ask for him to be released within that was a week so i requested that because i felt like it was having a detrimental impact on him and i thought i thought things were going to get much worse and you know, I, were you in constant contact with him when he was inside? He had his mobile, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he had his mobile. He even, do you know what really surprised me? He, you know, on Facebook, you can 
pinpoint where you are you can mm. whatever whatever it's called he did it so we all could see all of his friends and they were like what's up with you and he's just and i'm like going oh my god does nobody know you know mm. what is going on because when just before he was sectioned we'd had our fourth child and i wasn't feeling very well and ended they thought i am um, he'd this is towards christmas i don't know why he just got so wet up he he left and he just went up to Wales and he got drunk with his mate, you know. And there's me texting saying, I don't feel well. Tell his mate I need to come home because I need to. Ended up, I had to go to hospital with the baby because they've got sepsis. And, you know, I ended up having, but is that a mental health problem? Or is just that ignoring the situation at home? It's hard to, it's the whole thing is hard to weigh up. If you see what I mean, so whether it goes it's... back to when you when you said uh, what an hour ago now about um, when when you said that when the title of that organisation in that help was complex and they said he was too complex to deal with any any psychological issue, whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing, you know, is flipping complex and you can't and 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 that situation there with the that was. Um, that would have been a product of a, a million different thoughts yeah. over a million different seconds over a million different places over, over the last, you know, God knows how many months before it. Because every, so everything, every little bit of stimuli you experience day to day has an impact on who you are and what you do and where you go with it. And the way your brain is made up is the, is the determining factor in how you deal with that stimuli which is why everyone is impacted in different ways yeah. which is why you could walk out of here all right being a flipping bomb blast touch wood not that happened outside Baz's studio <laughs> right being a bomb blast and walk away unscathed physically and mentally and never ever have an issue never have an have issue ever you could be uh, uh then you could have, have a have a um, uh i don't know you could have a soldier who's a member of the logistics who's a chef in camp bastion never left but experiences some things in the camp, in Bastion, which, you know, nothing like on the ground, but can come away and suffer from PTSD. It doesn't mean they're any less of a person. It just, it, it, everyone is different. It Everything doesn't is discriminate between what you've done and what you have done. It's, um, it is hard. Sorry. It is hard. You have to apologize. It's hard for the person and it's hard yeah, for the, absolutely. you know, the outside. Yeah. Sorry. Talk too much. It is difficult. I, I mean, I, I, I feel for you. I feel for, I feel for James as well, but you know, there's, there's, there's so much strength there as well in that you, you're talking to me and describing things about him, what he's done and the way he is. And he's saying he won't mind me saying that. That's huge. He's this. It's so, that's such a a a, 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 a pride swallowing thing to do, but it, it it helps, you know, and it helps him. It's helping others, and 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 you. I think it's absolutely shite what you're going through, what you've gone through, but what you're doing now, especially with the petition and other things, and you're helping up with combat stress and 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 that and. Uh, it's amazing it's a shit yeah it's a sh it's a shame that you've had to go through what you're going through to be able to have the positive impact you're having now and i and i i hope you feel like for yourself and for james things are improving i do hope that. <laughs> i i do yeah. and i hope they improve further you know um i i 
It's, it's the fact that is, I thought this was just us. You know, it was a crazy family. It was, you know, it was us. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got lots of friends, lots of military friends. And I'm not seeing it happening to them, you know. Um, and and then I, you meet some people and you get a director somewhere like the Ripple Pond or the Boss Page or whatever. And you think, actually, I'm not so abnormal. There's a lot of this going on. And whether you're with your part with that person or not, you still have the consequences of that, especially if you've got children mm -hmm. that, you know, your mum and dad or whatever, that, you know, however that works, your children are always going to be the thing that kind of gathers you together. And whether you're not, they're always going to be impacted by what's going on, whether they're in that house or not. And that is my reason to keep going because I love my husband, no matter, doesn't matter. He's a great person. I mean, he used to be, you know, he was well liked in his regiment. People would call him a cunt, apparently, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping the seat off. Okay, Sorry, that was a huge fair word. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he was so outgoing and just, you know, it was, you know, now I, you know, I'm with him and I just think, my God, what has happened to that person? Where has that person gone? Have I just been left with the shell of a person? Am I getting the end part of this? I think, no. You know, we are going to come through this and mm -hmm. we're going to level out mm -hmm. um, things. Not going back to normal, but they'll be on a level setting. I mean, last year at the section, that was about as low as we could go. You know, I, you know, hopefully we can never go any lower. Um, but that is my reason to keep going and to actually do stuff because... I believe there's an awful lot more there to do for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And it's my, my coping mechanism as well, mm -hmm. is to kind of channel my, everything that's going on into other things and to go, well, actually, I may have had a quite shit experience, but actually I can use that and mm -hmm. I can use it as a positive and say to somebody, you know, there is this or there is that, or, you know, let's work together and let's get further along. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is my positive outcome. Mm. Well, life's a journey, right? Exactly. It's peaks and troughs, and uh, and some troughs for people are deeper than other troughs other people have, and same for the peaks. Um, and you don't start off as a person and stay that person for your whole life, you know. Um, uh, and you're on you're on the up now. It's just a question of the struggle of getting up because for going uphill is fucking difficult. It is. When you <laughs> as you get near the top, it gets easier, <laughs> you know. And uh, and and it's. It's just recognizing that you're gonna you change as a person throughout, yeah. And you're having an absolute nightmare. James is having an absolute nightmare, you know. But like you're saying, you love each other. You got amazing children, and you you're doing good things for each other and for other people. Um, and I can't I, I can't say I'm not gonna just continue on an upward slope. It's just it's just hard. I hope I can help. I hope I can help. I think you're on onto something there. Going um, when you were mentioning about the VA what American have that VA with that overarching sort of coordinating organization I wonder if that I wonder if that may be a way forward in the UK because th there's there's call for reform that's the words being used a reform of of military charities and that mental health charities not just military mental health charities yeah, the civilians as well reform of it because of the things that you and I have described today um or predominantly what you've described today in the difficulties with it. Um, 
I don't think it can be reformed because I don't think it can be reformed. The organization themselves can't be reformed. But what you could do is add something on. I know, like you're saying, overarching, coordinating organization. Fucking hell, these days, it could just even be a bit of bloody software. You know what I mean? Yeah. With some with some knowledgeable dude or lady at the top going, uh, you know, pushing the buttons. Um, it doesn't have to be a, 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 a huge organization that takes up a bloody office block and needs 3,000 people and all that. We're past that, but it could just be coordinating bodies. Taking that information in. Being that, 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 that organization that goes, okay, Joe Bloggs, has left the army now, or Jesse or Jasmine Bloggs has left the army, the navy, the air force now. So I need to get their medical records. And I need to, and I need to keep hold of those so they come in, and I need to transfer them to whatever GP brings them on. So I need to keep, you know, that that somehow that's not an easy, mind, but that that you know, and then okay, J- Jasmine Bloggs is coming to help the heroes needs assistance, and they're going to put on the NHS, and that VA coordinates it all of a sudden the chat is have to try and talk to each other no one knows what is going on and the person who needs the help like james or the person who's helping the person needs help the spouse like yourself has got no idea we're gone they got a single point of contact what's going on mr va or mrs va oh well help us with this commerce this and we dock it blah 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 i don't know you might have hit something there i didn't know about the va you might have hit something there i think it would be an amazing thing if people weren't constantly going in circles because people weren't constantly going in circles because mm. that's what a lot of it is and my knowledge is via other people's experiences mm-hmm. is mainly from that so actually within everything we've got a huge ditch well we've got a huge reference to go to in all these people and all different experiences because that's what i've kind of picked up picked up from different people mm-hmm. amazing people mm-hmm. but like you say a va would stop people having to pick from people or, or you know having to struggle to find that information and right be there and you know what some university student may be listening to this maybe part of your course you'd like to you know experiment doing this kind of thing or come (laughs) up with some idea what an amazing thing to do Mm -hmm. that would be it would connect everybody because that is the problem it's connection and you shouldn't have to keep having to reapply to different places it should be a case of right you do apply one thing and that information goes over to them you know you do that one central form about everything and then once you're there well if you need that we can send it there Mm. you know like you say in this day and age what couldn't be easier in electronic form things to connect stuff take out the middleman And just do it like that. I mean, even if all the main charities came together and would talk to each other about this kind of thing, but would that happen? Would they all get in the same room and talk about... Well, you wouldn't need to, would you? It'd be legislation. No, so... Sorry. Well, I know, I know. It'd be... God, this is me. What the fuck do I know? But for me, as simple as it is, it's this simple. Yeah. (laughs) We call it the VA. You have your VA. Is it must be veterans? I don't know. Whatever. We've got the VA right now. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Do it again. Google's not a guest in the show. <laughs> um, uh, you have the organization. Okay, so you establish it and say this is the organization and this is who... No, charities would want to do it. They would want to do it. They want... I tell you why, because they should want to do it. 
for the like the altruism and 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 the, just the willingness to want to truly help people because they it would make their lives easier this passage of information i know someone okay who went into that circle and ended up out of the circle without anything being accomplished so went in the circle round the houses and all yeah. of a sudden was end up out of the circle was not fixed out of the circle and and he thinks that is because the number of organizations he was involved with they all assumed that the people he passed off to the other ones it all been fit and because they'd not heard back sorted sorted out of the circle i think another problem is though the charities have like everybody there's a lack of finance within things for them what do you so mean? where they allocate so i don't know if you look at the rbl for the people um supporting doing war pensions so if you have to go to court i mean they those people in the different areas there's what a f- three four people in those departments they're going all over the country to represent people and they're doing God knows how many hours to so support, allocation you know, of resources. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, but but that's not that because there's no money in the RBL. It's because it's because um, especially this day and age, I would suggest it's because I'm not saying it is because because I don't fucking know. But I would suggest part of the issue is the allocation of resources is that the money's there, right? Within the RBL, yeah, the money is there, but because there is so much shit thrown at a charity. If they are not seen to be contributing ninety nine point nine percent of their money directly to someone who needs it, then they get they they don't they don't. Which is why you get organisations like a Health for Heroes, like uh, like like the RBL, like other organisations who are sitting on a huge amount of money, which is growing, and they they cannot spend it. How do they spend it? They can't. Give them a new laptop. Give them a bike. Give them this. Give them that. And I know the examples of this because they've got to spend the money. I just got to go direct to the veteran. But that's not the best way to deal with things. For me, it's like you're saying, imp- the charity should be allowed to operate as a company. Okay, yeah. they sh- it should be. They should be. It shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't be. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna base we're gonna base. Uh, your performance in a charity um, on how much, uh, what percentage of your revenue goes direct to the person or, your, or people you're trying to help. That's the wrong way of doing it. It's the wrong way of doing it because you can't operate like that. A, a charity operates like a company, right? If they haven't got the infrastructure behind them to be able to grow and increase, then they're going to hit a ceiling where there's only so many people that can help. Yeah. And then it sinks. It fucking sinks, right? Uh, the different, uh, and that's the same for a company. I think was, I spoke to this before. We, I asked what I think. In fact, I think the first episode with Jordan Wiley, actually, it sinks because they're not allowed to spend that money on the the resources and the, and the logistics and all the rest of it. So what happens is you get the mistreatment, misdiagnosis, people not knowing what the fuck is going on, people getting a laptop, and actually, I just need, I just need someone to talk to. I just need someone to talk to. I yeah. found that. Yeah, they Charities are quite willing to throw money at you, but actually, well, that's not what we need. We need the actual support. We don't yeah. need the money. Yeah. Although I will say thank you to Help for Heroes because when my husband got sectioned, my washing machine flooded the whole house. 
Well, and I had no money and they bought me a washing machine (laughs) and got it delivered straight away. So, you know, things like that, you know, I can see, yeah, that's a good idea. That's fantastic because actually within that need, I think I may have fallen apart if somebody hadn't helped me at that part. That was a bit that was going to push me right over the edge. And, um, but the, like you say, the money is, you know, can't be just give this, give that, buy a laptop, buy it, because it doesn't solve it, but, anything. But that's, that's pub, it's public's perception of, of, of what should and shouldn't happen. It's the way the media portray it. And, uh, and it's a misunderstanding of the way they work. If you, if you allow charities to operate as, as, uh, to operate as companies, listen, the way, char- the aim of a charity, right, is to get as much spare cash as it can to do with what it wants. Mm. The aim of a company is to get as much spare cash as it can and do with it what it wants, right? A company, that's called profit, and they dish it out to shareholders and stakeholders and owners. A charity, that's called money they can fucking donate, right? Which is better at making money and sustaining itself? A company is. Because companies have been around, <laughs> they've been a lot more than around for a lot longer. Right? Chai's been around for a while. Yeah. And the summer been ancient. But a company operates, a company operates the most efficient way, streamlined way of making money. Charities are not allowed to do it. They're not allowed to do it because it's not seen to be the right way to do it. Now, all your money's going to go on this. All your money, as much money. What do you mean you spent fucking 20 million on marketing? Yeah, but hang on a minute. Because I spent 20 million on marketing, we were able to increase the amount of money we were able to give away by 10 million. Yeah, be spe- yeah, but that's only 10 million. Well, I'll tell you what, we won't spend 20 million in marketing. We weren't able to increase the amount of donation we had to make by 10 million. What the fuck are we doing? But then, do you know, with that example, I want to tear my eyes out of this because I don't know if a while ago, Combat Stress changed their logos, changed their branding as a charity. £40,000 on their logo. Mm-hmm. And you just think, you're, you're saying you're struggling to you know to fund things and you're spending 40,000 you just close the center <laughs> yeah, down 40,000 40, and it doesn't look doesn't, to me it's like I think I like the other one better but uh, you know I'm looking at the company thing again yeah, oh, for, 40, like 40 for 40 grand, grand you have 40 grand right for 40 grand and I'm speculating yeah but for 40 grand there would have been analysis gone into it there would have been right an, an, uh, um, uh, return on investment Look at it, right? We're gonna forty fuck because it was. I've seen people in the organization go forty grand. Yeah, but look, if we spend forty grand over five years, the impact of that rebranding because companies do all the time. Mm. They rebrand for a reason, and they spend a lot more than forty thousand pounds. True, they do it because in doing that, in the long term, they make more money. I suppose that people have to buy t-shirts again, mugs or whatever. This is the thing; it but makes more money. It's I not think, for no reason. But with a charity, it becomes quite a divisive issue because I, then you're like. Oh, that centre's just closed down. I that agree. 40 grand was really important. Yeah, but 40 degrees aren't going to keep a centre open. Oh, but if true. that 40 degree rebranding makes 6 million over the next five years, that's another centre. But to an ordinary person, I know. 40 grand is like... I agree. And and my, my point I in case... I could buy a house in Wales for that. My point in case... <laughs> Sorry. My point in case is it pissed you off. Oh, yeah. 40, 40 grand rebranding, there's a reason it did it. Because the ROI outweigh... The ROI is positive. There's return on investment. There's no way. I mean, look at it this way, right? If chat, if a chat, let's say combat stress and the people at the top, they want oh, that's more money in my fucking skyrocket, right? Yeah, yeah, that's more money in my pocket. They're gonna go forty grand on a, on that. Ain't doing it. They've done it because it makes more money. Obviously, they don't think that they want to help. 
yeah. people, right? They've done yeah. it because it's going to make money in the long term. And the exact thing you pissed off about there is the exact problem with charities being able to operate most efficiently and be able to generate the most money to be able to donate to the people they need to donate to. They're handicapped. Yeah, true. Handicapped. Completely handicapped. No, forever going to go round in circles. Yeah, completely handicapped. Ugh, it's just... Leave them, leave them, leave, leave them do, leave them operate the way they need to operate. They will find the best way possible to make the most money for the people they're trying to help. True. I mean, combat stress, you know, I can't, you know, they tell me, you said, no, I can't help my husband, but that was for a reason. But... <sighs> I just feel because they're I think they're a charity that are really you know they have help for heroes they're quite a dominant you say within the you know within all the mm. the charities I think they're maybe in the most former most permission um position at the moment with ev- out of all the charities which one do you first think of but if you did like um something on the street most people would say help for heroes and then say RBL nowadays whereas pre help for heroes when it was at its forefront during, you know, Afghan and stuff, because I think that got a lot of publicity then. Everybody was saying RBL. I didn't hear them until a couple of years back, but then it was all help here. Was it? Um, it was 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 what I heard of. But then, um, I was still in, and so my it's more. It's, I wasn't ex- as exposed to it. Yeah. Or like exposed to it in different ways, you know. Um, yeah. Right, we, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> in an hour and a half. Tell me. Um, so you anything who you who or what do you want to mention now and in fact firstly how can people find your petition and sign it they can find it on the dot um dot gov petition site um i think it's in the top 20 still Is it um really? yeah it's still there's actually not a huge amount no i'll put the link Is in, that okay? i'll put the link on this on the on this podcast on the website I'll that put would the be link amazing the link to the thing yeah, yeah. um you know if just people read it, then that's massive to me. Mm. Don't need to sign. If they want to sign it, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if you read it and look more into it, that I think it would broaden people's mm-hmm. perspective on it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do. Just reach people. You know, if this got to Parliament was debated, I'd be doing a little dance. Well, I reckon people listening now, they should, uh, they should, or watching, they should, um, when they share this, yes, they will. <laughs> Uh, tag flipping Johnny tag Johnny Mercer he's all over this he's really pushing the mental health and like I said I've got no political allegiance I don't care if you live them conservative flipping Labour I don't I don't give a damn right however I know Johnny he's pushing this at the minute so and it's relevant at the moment so uh, just flipping tag him we'll get him on well if you're pushing that then I can push the Ripple Pond for any partners or mums dads whoever who are caring or are you know are in that situation somebody that is physically and has you know all has mental health problems doesn't matter Con- ripplepond.org.uk yeah. amazing peer group and that's for charity. spouses it's for spouses mum dad you know yeah. there's, there was one male on there but i'm not sure they're there now but it is for female and male it's not although it's female dominant at the moment yeah it is open so if you ripplepond.org.uk yep okay good plug no yeah absolutely plug away who else do you want to mention um, combat stress we will combat thank stress. combat stress definitely yes. battle back battle back battle yeah. back on course foundation mm-hmm. um fantastic charities please do apply um what else oh i must say thank you to the military wise choir because bryce norton 
who have kept me going <laughs> and have supported me, my wives. Mm. I don't think I could have done it without them. A little tear. They have been my rock and especially a few people there who I'll say, Emma Jackson, Karen, Karen, Karen. And um, yeah, they've been fantastic to me. Good. Sorry. Good. It's fine. Stop apologising. And anybody that still, you know, if your husband or your son isn't still in the military, but you have that connection, you can actually join the military wise choirs that are all around the or country. Daughter. You do, or daughter. Yeah, you do not need to have a serving member of the military still in. If you have that connection and you have a choir near you, mm-hmm. Oxford, you have Vista Benson, Bryce Norton, please you get in contact. Cool. We'd love to see you. Okay. Thank you for your time and good luck with everything. And if I can help, call me. Thank you very much. No worries. That's it. Uh, Don't forget our sponsors today were Westway Nissan, up to 20% off vehicles, new and old, new and old, new and used uh, for service leavers and and service personnel who may still be serving, looking for a car. You can get up to 20% off with Westway Nissan. Go and have a look. They do commercial vehicles as well. So if you're setting up a business, if you're a veteran setting up a business and you need a wagon, Go to Westway Nissan. You get up to 20% off. Westwaynissan.co.uk um, is their website. Westway Nissan on social media. They're even on Instagram. Check them out on there. Absolutely fantastic. Also sponsoring us today was 429 Group. 429.group. Health and safety, medical, security needs. Give them a shout. Uh, veteran owned. Veteran operated. They try and employ predominantly veterans where they can on their tasks. And, uh, and they manage to do that most of the time. Uh, 429.group to find them. Leavers Link event, next one. So that is the 25th of September. That's next Tuesday. Free networking event for service leavers. Nice and informal. Go along. Get a heads up. Get a bit of practice networking with some like-minded individuals. And lastly, my Patreon. Get on the Patreon if you can. I mentioned at the start, patreon.com forward slash HR. It's a massive backbone of this, of what enables this podcast to keep going and enables me to help people get the story out there and promote veterans and their interests so uh, patreon.com forward slash h hour easy peasy until next time out <laughs>